Episode 30, Bonus Edition, Interview with Elite Educator Kelly Long. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, Elite Educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson, here to empower you to reach your potential You know it, I call you elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to podcasts like this to help hone their craft. Today is a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by learning from another elite educator, Kelly Long, who has an empowering message. Kelly is the founder and host of the podcast Inspiration for Teachers. She is a secondary school teacher of 10 years, specializing in business and IT. Kelly is continuously learning and evolving, and one of the ways she's doing this is through her award-nominated podcast, as I mentioned, Inspiration for Teachers, and that's where she interviews dynamic and inspirational educators with the aim of empowering educators everywhere. Does this sound familiar or what? Well, alongside leading educationalists, Kelly showcases what works in education by sharing the challenges that successful and inspiring educators have overcome. I am so excited to let you in on the conversation that I had with Kelly. So let's just dive into this interview. Well, hey, Kelly, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, Gretchen. I'm so excited about being here. And I have to start off by saying your podcast is amazing. And I just love the work that you're doing. So I feel really honored to be on your show. Thank you so much. Oh, that is wonderful to hear. It brings a huge smile to my face. But educators around the world are just eager to hear from you today. So I'm just going to dive right into it. Cool. Go for it. Go ahead and explain to everyone how our paths crossed. So if I recall correctly, because Gretchen, we've been trying to get this together for some time. (laughs) So I've got to say, I'm really sorry for that. But, you know, we're both teachers and everyone listening to your show is going to know that being a teacher is kind of like all consuming. So a little bit of an apology for me trying to get this together with you. But we kind of got together through this through Podcasters Paradise, didn't we? Yes, we did. And it's just such an amazing platform if you're interested in starting your own podcast. But I kind of started this about, cracky, about a year and a half ago. I kind of had the idea for my my podcast and what I wanted to do and and facilitated it through joining Podcasters Paradise. And then you came in and we're in the same profession and it's just like, bam, yes, we need to speak. <laughs> Yeah, and we've even gone back and forth with so many ideas for collaboration. And isn't that what teachers do? We we see each other and it's like, oh, let's talk about ideas. Let's swap stories and let's get something moving. Well, don't you just think that sums up exactly what is awesome about teachers, that they're so creative and they're 
innovative and they need as much support as they possibly can get. So we were really good at bouncing those ideas off each other. Like, let's do this and let's do this and let's do this. And then it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> do want to do it all. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. We said, okay, now we've got 300 ideas. So which one are we actually going to do? So I'm excited to just keep this relationship going. Uh, but why don't you tell the listeners today what your current position is in the educational field? Yeah, sure. So I've been a teacher of business and ICT for about 10 years now. And I teach 11 to 16 year olds. And when I usually tell people that they go, Oh, no, (laughs) why are you teaching the teenagers? But I love that age group. I just love that challenge with them. And it's just really good to kind of see their minds open. So yeah, I've been doing that for 10 years. And like I said, about a year and a half ago, I came up with the idea for inspiration for teachers and that's my podcast and it's all about empowering educators everywhere by curating what actually works in education so I interview leading educationalists and amazing teachers in the classroom just kind of really pushing new boundaries and that's where I am right now I'm just kind of trying to juggle the two and be a teacher and also doing this on the side in my free time but it's it's just been really mind-blowing to be honest it's just really pushed my own boundaries and I sound a bit crazy when I say this but when I'm in my classroom and I'm teaching my students I have all of my guests in my head and all their advice and I'm like oh no yeah Tony would do this and uh, (laughs) Steve would do this and uh, Jill said this (laughs) my kids must be thinking miss are you okay but it's just been such a wonderful experience And, and you'll know the same as well Yeah, I agree because I thought, here's a platform. I can't wait to share everything that I've learned and what people have poured into me. But what ended up happening is everyone I'm engaging with is helping me grow even more. And I'm getting like more on fire for education and trying new ideas. And I hear their feedback in my head. And just like you were mentioning, I mean, networking has really changed my teaching. First, it started with me on Twitter, just getting involved with Twitter chats and then heading over to Voxer and meeting with groups of people on there. And and now just having this platform as a podcast, It's it's been Uh, really inspiring to meet people and your podcast certainly brings around some great news and education excellent heavy hitters that are really making change Um, and so it's just really exciting right now to be an educator I'd say I do I think you know with all the IT and all the technology out there and, and what we can do in terms of collaboration, I just think it's so amazingly awesome. And I just, more, 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 please. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I wanted to ask about your interest in what you're teaching. Were you in the business field prior to teaching? What made you want to teach that level? Yeah, so it was interesting, actually, because, it, you know, if you go all the way back to when you were at school, if my teachers knew that I was now a teacher, they'd be like, ha, 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 really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's kind of worked out quite well for me in a way because my, you know, when I'm teaching in my classroom and I say to a child, don't even think about it, and they're like, what? And I'm like, I know exactly what you're going to do. And they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, you know, I'd like to say that I'm a witch and I have magic powers, but it's because <laughs> I was you once, so I know exactly what you're thinking and what's going on. And, and that kind of has worked with my advantage, but I, I never – sounds awful but I never really wanted to be a teacher it just it just kind of happened to me in the sense that I I left school and I went to university and then I moved to London and I I moved into the conferencing field so I used to promote educational kind of conferences and telecoms conferences and pharmaceutical events so 
it's kind of stemmed from there really and then one of my friends was like you know have you ever considered being a teacher and I was like no absolutely not I don't want all that payback from how awful I was when I was at school you know and she's like Kelly you know I think you'd be really really great you know consider it so I thought about it and then I went into some time in a school and kind of really experienced what it would be like and I was like actually you know yeah I really I really get this and I really want to give back and I really love this whole idea of like learning and how do you get somebody to learn it really really is something that intrigues me so it kind of all kind of came from there it was a suggestion from a friend and why don't you try it and then I kind of got the buzz for it and I was like yes okay I'm gonna go into it I'm gonna do it and yeah that was kind of like 10 years ago so I have a have a business background my degrees in business and I was in industry and and then I completely flipped to being in education and I just love it makes sense and you know I I think everyone is a teacher even if you're not in a classroom you're probably training someone helping someone learn something so I think inside all of us we just have a a little teacher and and other guests I have interviewed they kind of say the same thing you are that I wasn't the best student and that actually works to my favor because I know how to change my lessons so students can understand or for you you're already on top of the behavior management because you know what tricks they're going to pull and it almost becomes you know such an asset in the classroom would you say definitely definitely and it's really interesting because it allows you to really kind of push those high achieving kind of students like you can really drive their learning and really kind of give them the passion for it and at the same time you can take that passion and you can filter it down to maybe you're not so high achieving students and not that there's anything wrong with them in any way whatsoever it's just that they just don't get it in the same way and it's really I just find it really creative to kind of think about why don't you get it and let's break it down and let's look at it in a different way. And it's it's really good that I can teach that entire spectrum of learners and they still get it. They all get it, whether they're like kind of high achieving, high flyers down to I don't quite get this miss. I don't know why I don't get this. And I just love breaking that down for them. Yeah, and I love you mentioned that because for me, I thought being a great teacher means all my kids will just get the right answer. But it's more than that. It's teaching them how to think. And so you have to learn how they think first. And mm. so you're saying that you're like a detective trying to figure them out. How are they wired? How can I present this to get them, you know, really grasping it and to do something with it? And that's kind of stage two of education is really learning how to make these students be productive. Because I don't want you sitting in a classroom the rest of your life and, and taking standardized tests. Like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to make you, like, the best version of you. Um, but with that said, what do you think is the best lesson you've learned in the role? I know we've kicked around a few things that have really been kind of blind blessings to you that have gotten you to where you are. But what, when you look back, do you think was just the best lesson you learned as an educator? Mm, I mean, there's so many kind of ideas and concepts out there about what makes a really good teacher and you know, a lot of it really has to come from experience. And I've gained so much from the guests that have been on my show and what they've shared. And a key theme that's always kind of flowed through them is relationships. And I do think relationships are so important. But one thing that has kind of dawned on me, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but after 10 years, it's actually dawned on me is belief. And that sounds a bit crazy. But Have you ever seen a child's face light up when they actually believe that they can actually do it? 
because that is the moment when you go, yes, Mm -hmm. I have got you. And now I can open you up and I can show you everything that you need to do in order to achieve. But until they actually believe and until that moment happens, you're constantly kind of like chiseling one hand, hammering the other and you're hammering that stone going, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, and trying to facilitate that process of getting somebody to believe that they can actually do it because we all carry all of this baggage and, you know, students are coming from quite difficult backgrounds at times to take that away from them and to open them up and make them actually believe that, yes, I can do this and I just need you as my teacher helping me through it. Not giving them the answers, but, you know, I'm your champion. I'm going to coax you through. I'm going to do everything in my power to lift you up and believe. Because the thing is in education, this is what I've really kind of come down to believe is that you work your hardest in the classroom for each and individual child that goes through it, but they might not realize it at that point. And you might not see the benefit of everything that you do in the classroom until years later. And then you may not even see it. They may not even come back and say, thank you, miss. Or, you know, you you might lose complete touch with that student and you'll never know what they go on to achieve. But at some point in the future, that child will go, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the impact that you had five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago will kind of just open up and they will just go, yes, you know, I've got it now. And they will find their stride and they will take off. But as a teacher, you won't ever really see that sometimes, you know, it's kind of a role where you don't get instant gratification. That just doesn't happen. But that's not why we're in it to do it. The reason we're in it to do it is that moment of belief on that child's face when it lights up and they go, I can do it. Yeah, so you were mentioning, you know, relationships really make teachers great, but I I know my listeners are struggling with building in time to do that just because there's so much testing right now and the standards are going through influx. And, you know, besides seeing them before class or in the hallways or during lunch, you know, how would you suggest a teacher really build those relationships that you're speaking about? I just do it all the time. And that sounds silly, but... You know, even as they're walking into your classroom, it's, hi, how you doing? And, you know, I really like that you've done this to your hair today. And it sounds crazy, but even those small snippets. I mean, I have a girl in my class and she's just wonderful, but everything is depressing and we don't like anybody and don't talk to me and I don't want to know you. And and it has taken me kind of like from September to October of this year to, and that doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're trying to teach somebody that doesn't want to engage with you and is completely uninterested, you know, eight weeks of trying to break that child down, it's it's quite hard. But every time I saw her, I was like, I'm not going to say her name, but I was like, hi, how you doing? And really pleased and, you know, just really relaxed and joking. And and it sounds a bit ridiculous, but just having that non-educational conversation with the child, because I think in education, we just really focus on, testing and data and ticking all the boxes that we need to tick and we forget the individual mm-hmm. and we're really in the profession of people so you've got to have those relationships and that really needs to take priority because if you don't have the relationship you'll never get the child through the test oh, if you don't have the relationship you'll never get them to believe in themselves so it's fundamental so anything that you can do even if it's just smiling and saying hi how you doing it's just as simple as that because you might be the only teacher that said, hi, how are you doing to them right. the whole week? Or you might be the only adult in their life that's actually acknowledged them the whole week because you just, 
you know you don't know what's going on behind closed doors so relationships are really key so any opportunity take it yeah and uh, you know you say it's simple and it is it could just be eye contact how many times are we rushing around gathering papers having a conversation tying someone's shoe or you know whatever and it's like i'm not even taking the time to just give you eye contact and that right there builds trust um you mentioned you know a, a student's name and maybe even the tone we use it it, it just shuts them down so making small adjustments i think is certainly going to be the greatest impact you can have to start building those relationships if you don't have have lengthy periods of time to sit down and you know have those conversations and I think it really comes down to knowing what you're good at really finding your own strengths because I work with a phenomenal teacher and she just sings to her kids you know she teaches the same kind of year group I do like 11 to 16 and she just sings to them and they're like miss you can't sing (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) and it is it's like stick your fingers in your ears she's singing again But it's her way of building relationships with the kids and then they just start singing with her and whatever it is that you have a strength in, whatever it is that you can do to bring some kind of personality into your teaching, do it. Yeah, um, so that just made me think of like teachers that hang personal items near their desk, whether it's where they went to college or a family photo, like that opens up the conversation to get to know you and I know kids knew that I loved monkeys and knew my favorite color was blue. And then that just stuff comes up all throughout the year. And they're just so proud to see if you noticed that they know your favorite things. Um, and so I'm glad that you brought that up. I kind of forgot. <laughs> I love it. I love that they're doing that for you. Um, well, this show is dedicated to teachers of a variety of backgrounds. So we've got new teachers, teachers in transition or in some type of distress, and then we've got teacher leaders. So if you could give any one type of these teachers a piece of advice besides the relationship part, what would it be and why? I think you just said it, Gretchen. Why? I mean, that big question about why are we trying to get people to learn? How do we help them learn? having a real kind of passion for it and instilling curiosity about the learning because, you know, science shows us that if we're curious about something, then we're more willing to kind of engage in it. And I think that stems through everything, you know, whether you're whether you're in educational leadership and you're trying to get your staff on board and focus on something within a school or whether you're a teacher in the classroom and you're trying to engage a variety of different learners, you know, if you can kind of come back to that big old question about why and then build some curiosity around it, I really think that it helps to engage. And another thing that I've kind of come to discover is that in teaching and learning, autonomy is key. You know, we we create these amazing lessons and we're really trying to drive what students are learning, but they have to really be doing it for themselves. You know, if they don't have any autonomy in this process, why would they want to do it? You know, and that's me saying why again, but why would they want to do it? You know, if they don't have any kind of self-direction or any kind of way of governing what it is that they're doing, you're not going to have an engaged learner. So I very much look at my lessons in my classroom from giving children a choice of learning pathways and building curiosity in each of one of those so it's kind of they get the opportunity to choose what it is that they want but also as a teacher I know which they might likely go for and it's kind of extending them at the top end and and making sure that everyone can kind of engage with that and participate so I would really say asking that question of why building in curiosity about whatever the topic is or whatever the learning is or whatever it is you're trying to achieve at a leadership level 
and then really giving the opportunity for people to kind of own what it is that you're trying to get them to do because if they own it they will really kind of find their passion in it and they will really drive it forward yeah uh, kids are always just feeling like oh this teacher tells me what to do versus I'm here to help you like let's do this thing together and they're looking at you like wait I'm the boss and it's like yes you're in the driver's seat like I'm here to give you the support but you're going to drive wherever you want to go and learn what you you need to learn and I'm going to make sure you do that but you need to first know that you're capable and what is it that you want to achieve and I think you just kind of solved that right there thanks for sharing that oh honestly I've I've just seen it in the classroom where children have just kind of gone yes you know this is really interesting and I just want to follow it and and it's just really wonderful when they kind of grasp hold of it and they start taking it off in their own direction and then you can just kind of guide them and and also I've had it recently in a classroom where we've you know the kids got so extended with their learning that they were kind of touching on boundaries where I'm like I don't actually know the answer to this (laughs) that's great though (laughs) so this is this is good so and and then it came back to why do you think it is and then it was like but miss why do you think it is and I was like I don't know why do you think it is let's go and investigate it let's go and find out and that just pushes even more boundaries and then they'll take that learning experience and they'll extend it beyond the classroom walls and they'll go and talk to somebody about it or they'll go and investigate it some more and then they'll bring it back into the classroom and then that's when you know that that cycle of learning is kind of gone beyond your control and that's what you want it to do you want to really push them to kind of go and investigate it themselves yeah and you know we as educators are the same type of learner I mean we're always trying new things and and reaching out to folks to give us some new information you know who do you kind of lean to to learn and and mentor you and why what are you really looking to gain from that mentorship yeah well I am really hot on Twitter I just I just love it I mean Mm -hmm. it's so ripe with people kind of like pushing boundaries and testing new ideas and you know, really kind of reinforcing what it is that we're doing. But I also love, you know, what you and I are doing, you know, where we're interviewing people, we're really getting to the heart of what what is really good in teaching and learning and kind of wading through all the stuff that doesn't really mean anything. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you understand what I mean and get into the heart of this actually works, this is what we should be doing. But also I'm, I, I'm a bit geeky, Gretchen. I really... <laughs> You know, I really just love getting into the heart of what learning is all about. So, you know, I'll happily sit there with my Kindle and I will just scroll through Audible and find out what it is that is really good about education. And so I I read a lot. I just, you know, you've got to be a lifelong learner in all of this. So I don't have any kind of particular mentor per se. I just love really innovative and creative educators and just learning from them. But I guess on a kind of side note, really, I set up a mastermind group and they're not to do with education, these people. They're just people that are really keen and willing to push themselves forward in their own sphere. And I have learned so much from doing that. So I would really recommend to any kind of teacher or any leader, you know, connect with people on Twitter, find commonalities in what it is that you're looking for, set up your own mastermind group where you're bringing together influencers or you're bringing together people that have got kind of a core common interest and just kind of structure your conversations about what it is that you want to achieve and and get these people to challenge you because that's what it's all about. It's kind of figuring out 
How are you going to grow? How are you going to develop? How are you going to push yourself forward? And also, you know, these are the challenges I'm facing. What can you contribute to the situation? Because, you know, as human beings, we kind of get caught up in the kind of like dogma of it all. And we, you know, we can't see the wood for the trees sometimes. So having that broader network of people that will challenge you, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's through a mastermind group, is just, it's so powerful, you know. And Somebody said this to me recently on my show, Tom Bennett. He's um, episode 49, and he was talking about journaling. And that is something that they do in the medical profession, that they'll get a piece of research and they'll sit down together as a team and they'll say, oh, you know, what do you think about it? And then they'll go off and they'll go and try and test it and experiment with it and then bring their feedback with them to the conversation. And I think that's really powerful. And, you know, it's such a simple idea that any teacher or group of individuals can kind of come together and do you know it doesn't require you to go any kind of cpd training and it doesn't require you to put a huge amount of effort into it from a professional learning point of view you know get a common group of people a bit like a book reading group together focus on a piece of educational research or something that you're all interested in and just discuss it and take it away and experiment and come back and feed in and then share it i just think there is so much power in doing that. Well, yeah, because you're, you know, in the trenches trying it out versus someone who's just watching from afar making recommendations. So, of course, not only are you motivated to make it work or find a way to make it work, but everyone's willing to listen and give it a try because it's like these are actual teachers in actual classrooms with actual students doing it. And that would certainly perk my ears up. <laughs> and that's when you find out what actually works, though. I mean, you know, unless you kind of walk the walk, you can't really share what is good about what it is that you do. And, you know, you you could be a teacher in a classroom for 20 years and not have shared anything that you do. And you're so rich in knowledge and creativity and innovation. And why would you not share that? I mean, why would you not help somebody else that maybe might be struggling or celebrate what it is that you do? Because you do a fantastic job. So let's share it. Yeah, and I love the idea of having that mastermind group. I am a believer of um, this one podcast called The Mentee, and he always quotes, and now I can't remember the guy's name, but he said, you are the average of the five people you hang around. And how true is that? If you're hanging around with people that don't think past tomorrow, then how can you hold yourself accountable to do the same thing? But if you're around people that are innovative, like you keep saying, and creative and, and want to push the boundaries, then that's exactly what you're going to end up doing. And being part of a mastermind is doing that. I mean, if, if I want to really step my game up to the next level, then I've got to hang with people that want to do that too. And it's the same thing with negativity in schools. I mean, this is what's great about Twitter. You don't have to be stuck in those four walls and, and make that your normal. No, you can reach out to people across the globe and feed off their energy and enthusiasm and, and trying new things. And I think that the mastermind is definitely going to save a lot of teachers during this difficult time in education. And I think the great thing about it is it's a supportive group and it holds you accountable. You know, if you're, it's really difficult, you know, we don't have an infinite amount of commitment or, you know, willpower. So a mastermind group will keep you accountable, you know, because they will be jogging you along. And I think sometimes that is what's lacking in education, that we don't have those champions going come on, how can I help you? What can I do? You know, have you thought about this? And, and, you know, it all comes down to whether you're lucky enough to work in a really exceptionally fantastic school, or, you know, if you're kind of like really in the 
I guess to a certain extent in the trenches of it all where it's really hard going and you're not getting that support where you can just extend your relationships online and reach out and there are people out there willing to help you. That's good stuff. So I know we've talked about your podcast and now we've talked about your mastermind group, but is there any current project you're working on that's really making an impact on the educational field? Um, I, I've got to take you back to my podcast, Gretchen. I'm, I'm really sorry. That's totally that. fine. Let's do it. I've got to say inspiration for teachers. It's, it's something that I started well from an idea about a year and a half ago. And it was really to kind of come back to what is really working in education? What is it that we are doing that's pushing boundaries and we can feedback and help other educators in our field. And, so I thought, what is the medium that I do this through? And it, and it turned out to be podcasting and, you know, interviewing these amazing people that really are so passionate about what it is that they do and are so willing to give away what they've learned is just awesome. And I think that that has made a real impact. And and, and the reason I know it's made an impact is because it now goes out to 84 countries. Woo-hoo! I know, it's just it just blows my mind when I look at the map and I see all these like green lights lighting up (laughs) as to where people are listening. It's just like, this is awesome. Uh And, you know, well, I'm about to hit the 50th episode and it's been really, really exciting to kind of get feedback from listeners and feedback from guests and really discover what it is that this podcast has done for them. And it's not just that, you know, they had this reflective opportunity to kind of deep, do a deep dive into what it is that they have discovered, but it's really kind of opened up the conversation for them. You know, I was talking to a guest on my show and and he works for a university, a big university here in the UK. And he said off the back of his podcast episode, it's really got the people in the university thinking about, well, why do we do it in this way? And, And how do we look at creativity and innovation? And maybe we should be discovering, you know, and to spark that kind of conversation in a huge institution like a university, I mean, that, that's a really kind of like proud thing for me. It's just like, wow, this is amazing that it's had this kind of impact. And But on the flip side, I just love the fact that it's helping the teacher in the classroom because it's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting because university can be so traditional. And I feel like we live on different planets being in an elementary or middle school or high school and then university. It's just we have a little bit more freedom and flexibility and really get to know the student and allow them to learn how they want. And then you go to university and you sit in a lecture hall. At least that's mostly what it's like here. And it's just not how you learn. you know. So why are we doing that? And I love the fact that they're saying, although it's tradition and how it's been done, why are we doing that? And that's kind of the, the word that I'm learning today from you today, Kelly, is why. You know, let's start really digging into the motivation and purpose behind what we're doing. And it sounds like, you know, that every episode of your podcast is not like that's not the purpose to sit here and pull everything apart. But it ends up happening as you really start thinking through everything we're doing and, and trying new approaches and why is that going to work better. Um, so it's, it's really awesome. And I love tuning in because I enjoy hearing the educational system and stories from you guys because it makes me think, wow, in the U.S. we do things differently and, and why is that and which way is better. And it always seems like we're a numbers game over here and you guys have a little more personality and a, and a little more one-to-one. At least that's how it sounds. And it's always inspiring for me to hear that and think, okay, we've got to mix it up and how can I be part of that? I just, 
you know, I love that you've taken that away from it. And I, the, the way that I view it is I just want it to be a platform, a springboard for inspiration. And not that teachers aren't inspirational because they really, really are, but there is so much good stuff out there, Gretchen. I mean, you know it from talking to your guests. It's just amazing. So sharing it and empowering people with it is just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are constantly learning and growing. And I know we mentioned in order to stay current on what's happening, you are on Twitter a lot. But is there any other way that you kind of keep abreast of what's happening? Facebook. I think that's really good. It's just sharing ideas on Facebook, same as Twitter. I mean, Twitter's just a bit more, a bit more instant. I've, I've kind of like investigated Pinterest and tried it. And there are some really great ideas out there. I just think that is another way to kind of delve into it and get some resources. But I just, the way I see it going, is just really kind of online learning. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what can you do online to really kind of draw more knowledge into what it is that you do? you know, as a leader or as a teacher in the classroom to kind of really help those learners. So, you know, I'm, I'm really big on, I love lynda.com. I love Udemy. You know, you can just get some really awesome resources on there and share them with people in your field that are really going to kind of drive their own practice forward. So that's where I go to. I just think they're awesome. Yeah, I just started doing Google Alerts, and it's been around for forever, but apparently I just learned about it, I guess, a few months ago. And so I put in there anything that I would be willing to read, uh, you know, a magazine or newspaper or any headline. So for me, it's consulting or new teachers or, or something around the like. And every day to my inbox, I get any article that published with that phrase on Google comes to me. And so that's kind of my newsfeed, the abridged version. And I am like addicted and you're right. Facebook is like the way where I can share it and say, Oh my God, can you believe this is happening? And so-and-so, what do you guys think? And it just really sparks the conversation. Um, so it sounds like daily social media is kind of where it's at for us teachers right now. And I find as well, when I share things on Facebook, if I just kind of share not necessarily inspirational quotes but something that kind of sums up what teaching is all about it really resonates with people and it kind of opens up that conversation to connect with people more so it really is a powerful tool so just just get on it and connect with people on Facebook and on Twitter and you know do what you said in terms of Google Alerts because it really will it'll just blow your mind I mean you might get a bit overwhelmed with all that kind of content but you know, you can drill it down by listening to your podcast episodes and or, you know, going to my podcast episodes or, you know, really just kind of figuring out what is it that you want to know, because there is so much information out there. You can go and find it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to change gears back to you being a teacher, because this is the question I love asking everyone, and it always makes them squirm in their seats. But I think it's an excellent opportunity to shout out great teaching so that you can inspire someone else to duplicate it or, or try some version of it. So go ahead and tell us about your best all-star teacher moment. Oh, there are so many, Gretchen. <laughs> That's great. I love it. It's really difficult, but you know what? It's got to be the kids that I have found the most difficult to crack. It really is those kind of kids, you know. I it's a bit a bit weird, really. I was I was at a friend's wedding recently, and I was there, and I was like, "Oh, I know that girl over there," and she's looking at me, going, "Yeah, I know who you are." And I was like, <laughs> "What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name?" And then this is crazy. This is what happened. It kind of 
had to go through my memory banks and I could visualize my seating plan oh my of, of the class that she was in and I worked out where she was sat in my class and I got her name and I walked over and I was like hey how you doing she was like hi miss I was like yeah you don't have to call me miss now <laughs> they're at a wedding <laughs> and it was really really revealing because you know I taught her when I was an NQT so the year after I'd done my initial teacher training and then we have to do a year's you know, teaching to kind of get fully qualified over here in the UK. That's great. And um, so I, she was in my NQT year and then the year after that. And it was a year 11 class. And so they're all like 15, 16. And it was a really hard, hard, hard class. And I walked over to her and I said, I'm so sorry about my awful teaching. <laughs> you must have been thinking, who is this idiot standing at the front of the classroom? <laughs> and she was like, no, miss, I thought you were great. And she's like, I'm just really sorry that I was so awful. She was just like, I just didn't want to be in that class. She said, I just didn't like the people that were in it. It was nothing to do with you. And she then started apologizing to me. And it was just like, we started hugging it. <laughs> How cute is that? But it's just, it just makes you realize that, you know, you just, you don't know everything and you don't know what's going on in their heads and you don't know what else is going on in their peer group to affect a situation. But, you know, she is now going to be a teacher, you know, she's training to be a teacher and it's just like, wow, you know, (laughs) I'd have thought I'd have put you off. But to kind of get that feedback and, and, you know, I think sometimes we can be a bit too critical as teachers and to hear that actually, you know, it had nothing to do with you and it was what was going on in their personal life. And, you know, they actually are then thanking you for what it is that you did. It's just, it's like kind of, it makes you realize that actually, you know, I work really hard and I do my best for my learners. And that is all that you can do. You know, you've just got to be comfortable with that. You have done everything in your power to help them. And then the rest is up to them. I think it's hilarious that you both like tail between the legs, like apologizing. I know. I was bad. No, I was bad. Um, but that's <laughs> so true. You just, at the time, neither one of you probably even realized what the other one was putting in or what you were dealing with. And the fact that we are just in the people business and some days you need to forget about the lesson and the content and really just connect because those relationships really are what make that student grow. And I'm sure that she remembers you. Obviously she does, but that's part of her story of wanting to to become a teacher because she remembers the type of person you were not that awesome lesson you taught but you know who you were and how you treated her and and mm. just to look back years later you, you know, we were talking about this at the beginning of the conversation that it's not instant gratification sometimes you don't know so to have a reluctant learner or one that was checked out come back to be a teacher I mean you had a part to play in that that is amazing I mean I think the thing is as well that we very much kind of off focused on what it is that we need to do with these group of learners and I was like that at the start of my teaching I was like what is it that I need to do to make sure that I'm ticking all these boxes and at the same time doing all this stuff for the people that are in my classroom and I think I was too much focused on myself and not so much focused on them and I think you know coming back to that whole relationship thing and getting them to believe that they can do it is so important because as soon as you relax into your teaching, that's when the magic starts happening. You know, that's when you can kind of invigorate people and challenge them and open up their minds and make them believe that they can actually do it. But 
that comes with experience. So I had to go through that process to get to where I am now. So I'm just really pleased I didn't damage anybody in the process. (laughs) Everybody does. And there's a famous quote, I'm going to misquote it, but something to the effect of, you know, you are in front of students your first couple of years and saying, how did I do? How did I do? But really, mm-hmm. as you gain experience, it's how did they do? And that simple shift, and it's not about you and how you stood and how you conveyed your message and how interesting your facial expression was, but it's all about them and did they get it? And I think you're right. Once that switch, it's just on to the races, and that's where you shine, your students shine, and, and you're just grooving. And uh, again, you said magic, and I agree. That's where the magic happens. And you know what? I say this to to kids whenever it is that I know that a lesson observation is going to happen and I know someone's going to be coming into my classroom and they're going to be observing effectively what it is that I'm doing. But I flip it back onto my students. I say, you know, they're coming into our, our lesson. We're going to welcome these guests. I'm going to show them how awesome you are because this is all about you. And I have found through doing that process, the kids are like, Miss, did I do it? Did I do well? You know, and they're, and they're engaged and they're working with you. And but that is it is about them. It's it's not about me. You know, I will provide the environment. I will scaffold the learning for them. I will show you the way. But it's all about you, because if you're not doing it for yourself, you are not going to grow. Oh, absolutely. I talk three quarters as less as I used to because it's not about me being on the show and me being able to say everything I know about a topic. It's about how can I have you learn it? How can you regurgitate it? How can you apply it? How can you teach somebody else? And the more I'm talking, the less you're learning. And that was a really hard lesson for me to just be quiet and facilitate learning instead of just being the one-man band up there. But that takes experience, doesn't it, Gretchen? It takes time to kind of like grow into that yourself. Oh, certainly does. Well, Kelly, I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I want to ask you one more question. Okay, go for it. How do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? Wow, that is a tough one. Um, I definitely think that there have been times and, you know, I'm getting to the end of the, the school term here now here in the UK. And I must admit, I am physically and mentally exhausted. But one thing that I've really kind of come to learn is that you have to look after yourself. You know, the job that you do is really important. And that's why you give it your all. But you can't give it your all if you're exhausted right. and you're ill and you're tired so there has to come a point where there's a cutoff. So you need to really be kind of focused on your time management. You know, you really need to know how much time are you really going to give to marking books? How much time are you really going to invest in planning your lessons? And you need to be really rigid with that because if you're not, it will just go on indefinitely. And, you know, as I have gone through my teaching career and as my personal life has developed, you know, I'm now married, I have two young children, I have a podcast that I'm trying to help others with. So your time just gets kind of squashed and you you can't give everything, but you have to be really focused on your time management and how much time you're going to give to everything and also how much personal time you're going to give to yourself because you need to nourish yourself. So you have to feel happy yourself you know your well-being is really really important and I think at times we tend to 
forget about that as teachers and we shouldn't because if if game time's not going on in your classroom and you're not the coach and you're not giving it 100% yourself then the people around you are not going to be doing it as well so you've really got to nurture yourself and manage your time effectively yeah and taking a break is okay so now elite educators you got the pass you got the hall pass Kelly's telling you to just take a break and it's gonna be okay you are not a bad teacher if you just say I need to pause and rejuvenate so I'm glad that you said that go ahead and tell us where we can connect with you if we want to learn more so I'm on Twitter at Inspiration4T, that's the number four and capital T. You can head over to inspiration4teachers.com to connect with the podcast or via um, iTunes or Stitcher Radio, or just send me an email at inspiration4teachers at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, you heard it, elite educators. Start connecting with Kelly today. Thanks so much, Kelly, and we'll chat soon. Gretchen, you're awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Wasn't that an empowering message from Kelly? I had such a great time chatting with her. I think we spent a good 15 minutes before even recording chatting about podcasting and education and just really being a good sounding board for each other. She is a wonderful person with great insight, and you can just hear it in her voice how much she really wants to give back to the profession. So I hope you take time to jump over to the show notes page, get tons of details on how to connect with Kelly. It'll be worth your while for sure. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Kelly Long. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. Hi, Elite Educators. You don't want to miss out on the Always a Lesson monthly newsletter, and here's why. I give you fresh, free content to remain effective in the classroom, as well as share some fabulous freebie resources. This engaging one-pager comes right to your inbox at the beginning of each month. Snag a spot today by visiting Always a Lesson on Facebook and clicking on the Sign Up button on the page's cover photo. Get ready to be empowered. Calling elite educators. Are you in need of feeling empowered by someone who is just like you, who does just what you do, and, well, just gets it? Then hop on over to alwaysalesson.com to learn more on the blog for tips and tricks of remaining passionate about your current work. Also, check out our social media links for more personal connection to other elite educators just like you. And if you're a newbie educator, grab a copy of my book, Elementary Education 101, What They Didn't Teach You in College, to ensure you beat the learning curve and end your first year ahead of the game.
alwaysalesson.com provides something for everyone. So elite educators, stop by today and get empowered.